just transition here. Uh, it's actually the third birthday, if you will, of, of River City Hope. <laughs> Three years today, we celebrate what all the Lord has done, and we're just so thankful. Thank you, son. And uh, today, well, let me, let me backtrack, and this will tell you what, where we're headed. Um, I've been all week in the presence of the Lord. I've been all week uh, in Olathe, Kansas, at something called The Waiting, where there were no speakers. I mean, there were people that spoke um, when the Spirit came upon them. There were no speakers. There was no really plans. It was just basically five days being in the presence of the Lord with 200 people. And it was... Terry Wright asked me, he said, are you still floating this morning? <laughs> are your feet still off the ground? And uh, it was just really powerful. But we actually did something there, and I actually thought it was very significant. And we're going to get there here in just a second, and I'm just going to weave all this in. But I felt very clear that the Lord said, don't preach today, okay? Like, I, I feel like we're, we're going to take communion here in a second. I'm going to build to it. We're going to do something else before we do communion. And then we're just going to pray and we'll prophesy over all of us today. And uh, we'll just see what happens, <laughs> okay? And so when I say, like, I have a plan, I somewhat have one, but then I'm really just trusting the Lord that he's going to help us as well. There were just a few, there were a few distinct things that I knew he said to do. And so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to read uh, the passage from the Bible. <laughs> it's a good place to read passages from. <laughs> out of 1 Corinthians, and this will kind of set the tone. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking communion a lot. As a church body, we're going to be taking it together every week, at least through Valentine's weekend, which would be February 16th. We are asking you as a church body to take it daily on your own, either on your own by yourself or with your spouse, okay, and with your family. We're going to take it, the three of us are going to take it together daily. And uh, you can just go, I mean, get grape juice. Colin was watching me peel the bread this morning or tear it up, but you can get grape juice, bread. You could do water and cookies. You could do milk and cookies. I don't, I don't care. Okay, it really, just you, it's, it's the posture of your heart, correct? And it's, it's a contact point of faith. Uh, some Catholics believe that that is literally the blood of Jesus and literally the body of Jesus. I don't have faith for that, but I think it's a beautiful thought that I can look at something and engage with the Lord and believe that it is Him. But, but we'll get in there in just a second. But I want to say, just do this on your own at home over the next month. We want to get into a mindset of communing with the Lord. Not just shooting shotgun prayers when we're in trouble, but we want to begin to walk in intimacy with the Lord. That's our call. Okay, that's our call. And it's like, well, do I need, and, and, and I say do it on your own. Like, I'm not going to come to your house and serve it to you every day. Okay, you guys can do, I say, just do it on your own. Okay, and however the Lord leads you to do it, do it that way. But do it with fear and trepidation. Do it with reverential awe unto the Lord, all right? Now, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 23 says this. 
For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he broke, I'm sorry, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And 1 Corinthians 11.25 says, In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then I'm going to go on just read the next few verses. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup. Notice it didn't say once a month. It says as often. Okay, notice it didn't say once a quarter. And like, I've been so convicted over this. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. In other words, I'll ask the Lord to search your heart. And ask the Lord to expose things so that we can ask him to forgive us, okay? All right. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so, he is to, and in doing so, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Verse 29. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number, and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together and eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment. The, that, or I'm sorry, the remaining matters I will arrange when I come. Okay. So, so Paul, he's reciting what Jesus said at the Last Supper, that we partake in the, in the bread and the wine, or bread and grape juice for our sake, whatever. But I'm going to say wine because that's what the Bible says. So, so we come together for the bread and we come together for the wine. But he gives a warning. He says, if there's anything in your heart, if there's anything in your heart, begin to examine yourself. And really, that's allow the Lord to examine you. And then begin to ask the Lord to touch you, to forgive you of that very thing. All right, so that we don't heap condemnation upon ourselves. It's fascinating because he actually says, some of you are sick and weak because you've approached this and heap judgment upon yourself. And so it's like, did the Lord make me sick? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what the Bible said. But through that, but through that, the Lord doesn't desire that. What that is, it's supposed to draw us closer to the Lord. So, all right. Now, here's, here's what I believe we're supposed to do. We, we don't want to approach the Lord in an unworthy manner. I feel like this is very significant because this is the third birthday of the church. And so it's like this. I feel like in a lot of ways, we're kind of starting over. And we've had several of these moments over the last few years. Now, in life, and this is just like, you don't even have to be prophetic to know this. In life, things happen. I can look around the room and I know that there's things that's holding several of us back. I, I, let me say that I know there's things in every person in this room's life that is holding you back personally in your relationship with Jesus. And I don't say that to be mean. I say that because 
we are being transformed from glory to glory. We're being transformed into his likeness. There's things that the Lord has put his finger on, right? And when the Lord puts his finger on something, it's not to heap guilt, shame, or condemnation upon you. It's actually to, to launch you further into his love, right? That's why Mike Bickle says that all of God's judgments are aimed at anything that gets in the way of love. And so, so if it, whatever it is, and like, I'm not going to name a bunch of stuff off. I'm just going to begin to ask you, and I'm actually, uh, I'm going to need a couple people's help. Bob and Ethan, can you guys help me, please? We're going to do something like, I think it'll just be really powerful. Colin, can I get your help? Brett, can I get your help? Just want you to give guys people pens, okay? If you need it, great. If not, no big deal. verse and I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. Hebrews 11 says this. I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You've heard me teach on that. We were the joy that was set before him. We, we are his reward for his suffering and his pain. So, when, so if you don't think you have any value today in this room, you, you could just begin to say, I am Jesus's reward. <laughs> That's wild. Despising the shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. But it says this, it said this, and this is what we're getting ready to do. It said, let us lay aside every encumbrance of sin that so easily entangles us. I, I believe that the Lord's calling us to run well, okay? That's what I kept hearing this week, just, week, just run well, just run well. And Oftentimes, we have these things that happen in our life. And again, I think every person in this room knows what that very thing is. Whether it's anger, whether it's you just get quick and you lose your, you lose your cool, right, or, or whatever it is. You, you, just, you have these things that are your defense mechanisms. You have these things that you run to. And what they can do is they can entangle you and trip you up. And then before you know it, you're so tripped up that you don't even, you're just lost, if you will. And so, so what I'm going to ask you to do, and we did this this week, uh, something similar, a little different take, but we did something similar where Dan talked about this week where we have fig leaves. Adam and Eve had fig leaves in the garden, and fig leaves were when they realized that they were naked, and they covered themselves up to hide from God, which sounds crazy. It's like, how can you hide from God, right? David said, if I make my bed in hell, you still see me, right? Like, you cannot go anywhere to run from the Lord. And so, so what I want you to do is I just want you to write down a few things on this. Now, I want you to actually pray and ask the Lord, though. 
And then after the Lord has spoken to you as a, as a sign and a witness or really as a prophetic declaration. And sometimes when we make declarations, it's not just with our mouth. It's actually with a physical response. I just want you to march up here and I want you to take it. I want you to wad it up and I want you to throw it in the trash. Now, this sounds like youth groupish, and I don't really care. I think this is powerful. Okay? So whatever it is, just is, we're just going to take a moment. I'm in no hurry. We'd ask, Lord, you just reveal it. Some people's already written several things down. Some people only wrote one thing down. That's okay. But I'm asking right now, Lord, you, you just put your finger on the very thing, on the very things that you desire to transform, on the things that entangle us, on the things that hinder us, on the things that get in the way of, of having greater intimacy with you, Lord. Just reveal it. Just reveal it, Lord. If you're not comfortable participating, that's okay too. I'll give that grace. So what's significant, many of you have torn them up and many of you have wadded it up. tore it up, many of you wadded it up. And I didn't ask you to take it home because I wanted you to throw it away here. A place where we know where he's at right now. Because I don't want you picking those things back up. The Lord doesn't want you picking those things back up. And, and I didn't even say tear it up, but some of you did. And I think that's a picture. Come up here, Nikki. It's good to see you. Good shot.
some of you tore it up, but I think that's a picture of what the Lord's desiring to do in your life. Is there's, there's the Bible talks about things that's called familiar spirits. And, and let's say it like this, there's familiar sins. There's things that we run to back habitually over and over and over because we're comfortable in that very thing. And so that's why people, let's say this, like people with addictions often run back to the same addiction because they find comfort in that even though they know that it's tearing them up or it's killing them. Okay, so, so some of these things, I know that we're on that list, are things that have probably been wrestled with and struggled with for a really, really long time, for weeks, months, years, decades, all right? And I believe the Lord would say, you no longer need to wrestle with it that you no longer need to struggle with it. If it's anger rising up, right, or just losing your cool, uh, then, then, then the Lord desires to sanctify that aspect of your life, okay? He doesn't just desire to save us. He desires to sanctify us and set us free. And so, so I'm going to say that as we get ready to approach the table here in a few minutes, because I want to teach some of this out this morning, but we don't need to pick these things back up. You left them here at the altar, right? You left them here at the altar. And the Lord, when you put an offer on the altar and it's from your heart, the Lord always sends fire and he always burns it up, all right? And so then he's going to burn that stuff up. And why does he burn it up? Because he's a consuming fire. And where he's a consuming fire, it means that he's fire in of himself. And anything that gets caught up in that thing doesn't stand a chance (laughs) okay and so I say right now just be free Lord all around the room let's just just be free of whatever that thing is whatever those things that tangle our people up or whatever those things that tangled anyone up in the room may they never trip us up anymore God Lord we we threw them in the trash as a prophetic declaration of of your goodness and your kindness we know you've put your finger on something and we're saying God we don't want anything to get in the way of your love we don't want anything to stand between us, God. We want no space, Lord. You, you, you talk to Moses face to face and mouth to mouth, but new covenant, you talk to us even closer than that because you have taken up residence in our hearts, Lord. And we don't want to do anything that hinders that today, God. It's in your name. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, here's, here's the thing. Some of you, when you go home, you'll probably be tempted immediately or you'll be tested immediately and, and just lean into the Lord. Just lean into the Lord and trust the Lord. Now, if you start to slip up and you catch yourself, don't think, well, I've already went down this road. I might as well finish. Just stop. Just stop. And if you slip up and you, you have a, a meltdown or whatever it is, ask the Lord to forgive you after that, Okay. And his good, his grace is so, so kind. His goodness is so, so good, okay? And so he'll, he's not going to be like, oh, I don't, I'm done with that guy. He, he threw it in the trash this week at church, right? And he, he screwed it up as soon as he got at home. That's not how he is. But that radical love and that radical grace, it actually empowers us to walk in freedom, okay? It, desi- it makes us, so anyway... So as we take communion today and over the course of this next month, this, this is really where I feel like our focus should be. And there's lots of focuses, and this will probably change week by week, but this is kind of 
setting the tone, if you will. He tells us to remember, do this in remembrance of me. Verse 26 says this, For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let me, let me, let me backtrack and go to that first. When we partake of this, either here or at home, he says to take it as often as we can and we proclaim his death until he comes. Now, we know that he's risen, right? But he was once in the grave and he's alive forevermore. But as we partake of this, what we are doing is we are saying, you came and you're coming again. You came and you're coming again. And so what we're doing when we partake in this, we're saying, Lord, you've came into my life, but you, you are coming again. But then you could look at it like this. You're actually prophesying. You're actually saying, Lord, you've came once before. Now, as I start to pray and intercede in this situation, would you come again into this situation? You're saying, like, you've, you've saved my kid once, and they got away from me, or they got away from you in the faith. You came once. I'm taking this, and I'm praying that you come again. Okay, right? Or, or I wrestled with this one thing, and you came and you delivered me once. I'm asking, would you come again? Okay? And so when we're doing this, we're saying, you came, but come again. And we're going to wait until you come again. And there will be a time when he comes back, right? But we're saying, Lord, we want you to come again. We long for you to come again, right? We're actually mourning for our bridegroom to return. But we're saying, come again, Lord, in these particular situations. And, and what I'm finding, and we're actually reading this fantastic book, but what we're finding is that this right here is one of the most powerful ways to enter into times of prayer and intercession. Because it's actually, what it's going to help us do is remove any and all distractions. And it's going to help us to really focus on the Lord and actually hear from heaven. And so he says, do this in remembrance of me. And so when we do it, we are remembering what he did on Calvary. All right? We are remembering what he did for us. Like, I, I, I've been convicted of this just thought recently that, like, I'm, I'm so, I am, I'm forgetful. April, I mean, this morning, she's like, I, I'm a bad minister, preacher. I forgot my Bible, I forgot my satchel, and I forgot my, my little note thing. And I called her, I said, please bring it with you. <laughs> what kind of minister forgets his Bible? <laughs> I did. He says, do this in remembrance of me, <laughs> all right? I think the Lord would have us to be continually reminded of what he did for us. And not only what he did for us, but what he's continuing to do for us based on that sacrifice that he did, okay? So, like, when he died for my sins, it wasn't just a one-and-done thing. Like, that blood is still on the mercy seat of God, okay? And so, so, so he didn't just die to die once, and it's not like he's, he took care of everything for us. And then, and then, because he did that that one time, we can continue to walk in his freedom. Now, he says, let me phrase it like this, what happens when we remember the blood? He says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do, do as often 
as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, so when we drink the juice, what would he have us to remember? Well, he would have us to remember that his blood washes us clean. And not just a little bit clean, but like squeaky clean. So, so the Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. So, so you can't tell me that you've been a perfect person because you're, you're, you're lying, okay? Your mother may have thought you were the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you're probably not, okay? Brett Dean, she says, no, you weren't. <laughs> but, he, but, but because of his blood... You're washed white as snow is what Isaiah says. And so the things that you did or the things that you have done, and this is so fascinating. This is fascinating to me. So the sins that I did before Jesus, his blood washes them clean as snow. But what about next week if I mess up and I sin? That same blood that took care of my past takes care of my future if I live in a repentant lifestyle and he puts his finger on it like I should not have done like he washes me clean okay and it doesn't wash off I can remember growing up and we were on a farm the first 10 11 years of my life and and we used to have gun dogs or rabbit dogs beagles is what we had and we would dad would run them and they'd go out in the woods and chase rabbits and dad would shoot them and all this stuff right so anyway he would run the dogs and I'll never forget the time that one of our dogs got sprayed by a skunk you can't get that stink off and so you you really can't and so like I can remember mom going to the store and getting all kinds of tomato juice because that was what they would wash them with and just wash it wash it wash it and there was still that residue right? Now, here's the deal. When it comes to the blood of Jesus, there's no residue left over. It really washes you. And this is the thing. Like, it doesn't wash off. Like, when he covers you with that blood, when he covers you with the sacrifice that came from him, you can't, like, you can step out of it. But I think if you really get born again, you won't ever repent or you know let me rephrase like that no that's the wrong word when you when you really get born again I don't think you'll lose your salvation because that won't even be an option for you but those that struggle with like well can I lose my salvation brother I think you probably never had it in the first place if you're wondering if you can lose it because once you taste and see I know that's different but once you taste and see once you really taste and see, those things are no longer an option because I've been washed and cleansed. Now, it actually makes me righteous, which means I have right standing before God, right? And, and he doesn't just make me righteous. He actually murders us with his blood and actually turns us into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it's not even your righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness that's on you because you've been saturated by that very blood. Like, he cleanses you. So, like, uh, we, 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 we saw it this week. We saw it this week that there were so many people. There were moments where people came up and they took the microphone because they wanted to confess what they were putting on that list. And, and it was this beautiful thing. But there were some that were wrestling with the same issues that they had wrestled with for the last 15, 20, 30 years. And it broke my heart because they were good Christian people in the sense that they were in the church, they served God, they taught in Sunday schools, they put their tithe in the plate, right? They did all of those things, but they wrestled with feelings of inadequacy. 
inadequacy. They wrestled with feelings of, of all these types of things. And, and, and because they used to be an alcoholic or because they did this, that, or the other. I, I talked to a man that, that used to run on his wife, right? And, and he felt so much guilt and shame and condemnation from something that happened years ago while he has this blood. And the Lord's like, I, even I who blots out your transgressions, remembers them no more. And so, so when we get covered by his blood, he no longer remembers it, and that no longer defines you. Now, I've been convicted about this, too, and, and this is just, and again, I'm just, I'm just, I don't have a big plan today. I'm, I'm just, and this is just the Lord. I used to say this, that like, well, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your sin. He'll forgive you, but you're going to have to deal with your consequences, and like, I understand some of that, but that's not what I read. <laughs> Paul didn't go on trial after murdering Christians for years. He was actually just became a teacher. Some of you, some of you are literally gluttons for punishment in the sense that the Lord's already forgiven you, but you keep keeping condemnation upon yourself from something that's already been washed and cleansed. And so just walk in it, okay? His blood, it's so good. We can enter into the Holy of Holies. So when you partake in this, it gives you permission to enter into the presence of God. Right? Because before this, before this, you, they had one priest and he had to go through all this big rigmarole ceremony to go in. They'd tie a rope around his waist and if he had sin in his life, and he would boom, fall over dead. <laughs> and if they saw the rope was no longer moving, they'd be like, ah, oh, Harold's dead. Let's pull him out. Let's send Larry in or whatever, right? And so, so that's what they used to do. But now, but now because of his blood, it covered everything. Therefore, we can enter into his throne of grace with boldness in our time of need is what the Word said. So it allows us to enter into the Holy of Holies. So when God shows up, how many understand that when He shows up, when you know that He's here and you sense His presence, really, it ought to just burn you up right then and we all ought to fall over dead. <laughs> but because of Jesus' blood, we can, hallelujah, we can go into a song like, I Fight My Battles, which was not on the list this morning, I don't think. And you just guys just caught it and started to sing it. Like we could be in that moment because of his blood. If we didn't have his blood, we'd, we'd be, we wouldn't even be ashes. It'd be like on Star Trek, like the vaporizing gun, right? Just boom, they're gone. We've been justified, and I talked about this a second ago. You've been justified as if you've never sinned because of his blood. Like, again, that's mind-boggling. He looks at me like I have never sinned in my life. So if he looks at me that way, why wouldn't I look at myself that way when I look in the mirror? If he looks at me like I've never sinned, why would I look at myself like I have? Galatians, 1, or Galatians 5 actually says, because of his blood, you're free. Jesus says, who the Son makes free is free indeed. Some translation says sets. It's not set. That's a portrait. It's makes. It's a creative act. 
you're a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come. It's like he replaces you. It's not, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't make me like Michael. By now, I should be Michael like 27.0, right? The 27th version or something. Like he actually just makes you brand new. Brand, brand new. So what about his body? What happens when we remember his body? He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. With his body, there comes healing. His blood takes care of, his blood takes care of the spiritual, if you will. I think his body takes care of the emotional and the physical. Because he was, Isaiah 53, 5, one of the greatest verses, is he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon, fell upon him. And by his scourging or by his wounds, we are healed. And so I'm going to say this. Like, I know there's, let's say it like this. When we start to partake, and even today, and when you start to partake over the next month, that some of you are dealing with colds. Here's a convicting thought, like, and I'm just letting you into my pandering. But some of us get the common cold. Well, there's nothing common about him, and he lives inside of us. I'm not telling you that to make you feel guilty. I'm just saying, I'm going to approach that. Thank you. By your stripes, I'm healed. And it could be more than a cold. It could be, it could be for all kinds of physical ailments. It could be for your knees or backs. It, 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 it could be for diverticulitis. It, it could be for all kinds of stuff, right? The gout. It could be for all kinds of stuff. And just begin, I'm going to ask you, begin to thank the Lord for your healing. And, and I know the tendency, especially when things are, you've dealt with it for a really long time, but, but it's like, thank you, Lord, for giving me, giving me the grace. And I get that. I really do get that. But let's just believe he wants to touch us, okay? And then what ha- may happen is you may stop even praying for yourself, but you may begin to start praying for the healing of other people. Lord, touch that physical condition or touch this, that, or the other. But then you may start to even transition even further. By your stripes, I am healed. Lord, would you begin to bring healing to my emotions? Would you begin, like, and I saw a lot of that this week too, that because again, stuff that people do, the enemy loves reminding you over and over and over what you've done. Revelation says he's the accuser of the brethren, right? Brethren actually means everyone born from the same womb. And if you've been born again, you've been born from the same womb. But anyway, that's why they say that. But he accuses you. He brings us before you over and over and over and over. And then you get a little bit of a hiatus. And then something happens. And then he brings it to you again because he thinks your weaknesses are up or or your walls came down and he can get a little bit of a foothold in there. And so begin to thank the Lord for healing in those things. So, so Lord, I, I thank you that you're going to allow me to sleep tonight so I can rest. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to take care of the depression that I've been wrestling with, right? We're going to say stuff like that. Or I thank you that you're going to take care of my sister, my brother, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle, my mother, my father, my friend, that they've been really wrestling with 
their, their emotions. They, they, they've been depressed. They've been angry. They've been this. But Lord, by your stripes, you can heal them. So would you, not only can you heal them, but it says by your stripes, you have healed. So Lord, would you go and would you send forth ministering angels and would you just touch them right here and right now? You understand, like, use this as a time to engage in. It, you, can, you can get as much out of this sacrament as you possibly want to get out of it. It can be an empty ritual, which those that came from maybe a Lutheran or a Catholic background, and I'm sure there's wonderful churches, but some of you have, have it was ritualistic in the sense you just did it. It was never taught about, and this is what we do when we come to church. And the Lord would begin, and there's all kinds, Episcopalian, whatever, it doesn't really matter. And I shouldn't have said those names, but I'm, I'm just saying that it can turn into empty ritual if we are not careful. And there is nothing ritualistic about being invited to his table. It's like, it's like, wait, <laughs> I got invited to this party. <laughs> I'm like, do you even know who I am? Like, I'm a nobody in the grand scheme of things, and yet you've invited me into this place. And the Lord would have us begin to think, we are coming to this place. It's a big deal every time we get to do it. It's a, just a really, really big deal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going we're gonna to take this as a family. And then I'm going to pray a few things once we sit back down. But I'm going to pray. We, we have, <laughs> we ought to be okay right now. Because we, we ought, to be, we ought to be okay. So then when we take this body and his blood in remembrance of what he's done, we ought to be able to start thanking him for what he's in what he has enabled us to live into, if that makes sense. Okay. So what we're going to do is, is I'm going to ask this, that, that if you all will just line up on this side. I'm going to pray here in a second, but you'll line up on this side and just go back around to your seats after that. But, but we're just going to go ahead and pray, and then I'm going to ask you to come up. We'll do it like that. So, Lord. We, uh, you can keep leaving that on, Brett. Okay. We're about to partake of the bread and the wine. We're doing it in remembrance that you, you came and that you're coming again. And we would ask in this moment that you would come again right here and right now. Not in the distant future, but right here and right now, Lord. We would ask that you would come in such a degree that we would never recover from that you coming, Lord. We would ask today, God, that as we partake of the, of the bread, Lord, that you would begin to release healing in people's bodies in the room. Physical sicknesses, lifelong sicknesses, people's emotions, Lord, would you just really soulish type stuff? Would you begin to bring healing to those very things, God? I pray that when people go home, they just start to feel better. I don't know how else to say it. I pray that, I pray that those that we begin to pray for, they start to feel better, God. And Lord, your blood, when we take that in remembrance of you, 
I pray that we remember the atoning sacrifice that you provided for us. I would pray that we remember all the benefits of your blood. Your blood actually speaks a better word than the blood of Cain, God. And we're, we are so thankful for that. And so, so when the things of this world start to speak to us, we can say, no, your blood speaks a better word. When, when we start to hear thoughts like, well, you're a, just a sinner, your blood says, no, you're a son, you're a daughter, right? When, when we start to say, well, I feel unworthy, your blood, your blood says you were worth every last drop. When, <laughs> when we start to feel like we're no good, your, your blood says, you are good. When we start to feel unrighteous, your blood says, no, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When we start to feel like we're stumbling, your blood says, no, you're caught up in my grace. When, when, when we start to feel like we're, 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 we're getting angry, your blood says, that's no longer who you are. His blood speaks a better word. And so, so when we take this, we're remembering all the benefits of his blood. We're not remembering who we were before Jesus. We're remember, re- remembering who we are after Jesus. We're not remembering our life that was found in Adam. We're remembering our life that is found in Jesus. So, Lord, I, I, I pray right now that you allow us to enter into the greatest time of communion that any of us have ever experienced, not just in this moment, but allow us to enter into a season of communing with you, Lord. A li- thank you, April. A lifestyle of communing with you, Lord. May, may we be the people that aren't satisfied with dead religion. <laughs> May we be the people that aren't satisfied with dead works, right? Or, may, or be a people that like form but no power. Lord, may, we want to be a people that know you, that know you deeply and intimately. So we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so this can take as long as it needs, but when you feel like your heart is ready, you can come up and, you can come up and you can leave that on, Brett. Thank you. You can feel like you can come up and take it with your family. Please do. And then I, I want to pray some very specific things in relation to our third anniversary here in just a minute and where the Lord's taken us.
Let's just start thanking him. Can we do that? Let's just, just start thanking him. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Just in your own words. I'm going to pray out, but just in your own words, church. Let's just bless him right now. We thank you, Lord. We, we, we don't take lightly your sacrifice for us, Lord. We, we don't approach this lightly. It's, it's a big deal what you've done, and we just thank you, Lord. I was once blind, but now I can see, right? I was, I was once lame, but now I can walk. I, I thank you, Lord. I, I, want, I, I used to be dirty and rotten, but now I'm clean. And I thank you for that, God. I used to be defined by my sin, but now I'm defined by what you have done, Lord. And I thank you this morning, God. We just bless you, Lord. We, we thank you for all of your goodness, Lord. We thank you for all of your goodness in our lives, God. We, I, I thank you for all the people that you've assembled, Lord, that, that based on the things of this world, hardly a person in this room should be able to get along or relate with one another. But because of your spirit, because of your sacrifice, Lord, you took this group of people and you've turned them into family. And we thank you for that, God. We... I thank you for that, God. I do. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for what you've done the last three years, Jesus. <laughs> wow. I thank you what you've done the last three years in particular, God. <laughs> You're so good. I thank you for all the people that's been saved. I thank you for the people that's been baptized. I thank you for people that's been sanctified and filled with your spirit. I thank you for the people that's been healed, either their mind, will, or their emotions, or their body. I thank you for all those things, God. But most of all, I thank you that you choose to habitate here. You choose, you've made this into a holy habitation. We walk across the door, the threshold. I know that you're here. I sense you every time I come onto the property. I thank you, Lord, what you, I even think what you, even the decorations here, Lord, speak to what you've done in our life. Things that have been discarded by the world, things that should be thrown away, you've reused them, you've repurposed them so that it brings you honor and glory. I just thank you for that, Lord. I just thank you for that. I, uh, hmm. I wrote this three years ago today. actually posted it on Facebook. Facebook memories are incredible sometimes. They are. As much as I hate Facebook, I, I like some of the stuff. It's actually tomorrow is the anniversary but because it's Sunday. But 
I wrote this three years ago today. Tomorrow, River City Hope Church launches. We won't settle for just getting people to pray a prayer to get to heaven. We want our future world changers <laughs> to be equipped to release heaven everywhere they go on earth. I think the Lord's starting to do that amongst us. I felt there were two specific things that I needed to pray over us because, again, I feel like we are starting to transition. We are transitioning. We've had people leave. We've had people take new assignments. But yet the call of God is still on this house. And so, yeah, more than ever. And so I felt there were two specific things I was supposed to pray that, that I think will shape our future. And, and there, it's nothing new in the sense that this is the stuff we talk about all the time here. But to, we are to be a people that walk in intimacy with the Lord. Like, like everything that we do flows from intimacy, okay? Everything that we do flows from relationship with God, if you will. And, and if we don't have relationship with God and we try to go do things for God, the likelihood of God being with us when we do those things is slim to none, <laughs> okay? And so it's like we do things in the name of Jesus that he never asked us to do, all right? So we're to be a people of intimacy. This verse really got so big to me this week. John 17, which would be a wonderful uh, chapter to meditate on when you're taking communion this month. But 17.1, Jesus spoke these things. This is when he prays for the Lord to glorify his church, glorify us. He said, Jesus spoke these things, lifting his eyes to heaven. He says, the hour has come, glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all you have given him, he may give eternal life. And then he goes on, this is eternal life, that they may know you. All right, so Jesus lived with intimacy. The first thing he did is he lifted his eyes unto heaven. And I thought that, that this week, I felt like that was the picture of Song of Songs 4-9, which is the verse we've talked about a lot here in this house. With, with one, This is the bridegroom Jesus speaking to us. With one glance of your eyes, with one beat of your necklace, you have ravished my heart. And so Jesus, before he ever even prays, he says, I'm walking in communion and intimacy with you. I'm actually looking unto you because I know it stops heaven in its tracks. And so I say this, church, if we're going to be people that have prayers answered, we actually need to look unto God when we pray, okay? And that sounds so silly. Sometimes we just pray and we don't even think, of bless this food, the nourishment of my body, right? Bless this Big Mac, nourishment of my body, right? We say stuff, but we don't even think about those things. But the Lord, if we would look up, it ravishes his heart and he can't help himself from answering. And then just a moment later, after Jesus prays, he goes back in intimacy and said, this is eternal life. Not that they pray a prayer to go to heaven. Not that they do this, that, or the other. Not that they jump through a bunch of hoops, but that they know God deeply, personally, and intimately. And so I say, God, may we be a people that walk with you deeply and personally and intimately, God. May this be the year, I'm just going to start praying, may this be the year that we know you in greater ways than we've ever known you before, God. I pray, Lord, you start in this house that you start to unleash the mysteries of God. <laughs> 
I would pray that, that we start to really, as April wrote back in March or said this back in March of last year when we were taking devotions, she said, I don't want to hear God described. I want to give my life to discovering who He is. And, and so, Lord, may we discover who You are, Lord. Lord, as we embark on this third year moving forward, Lord, I, I say may we just be a people that constantly discover who You are. We're going to spend all eternity discovering you already, Lord. We know that. But I just want to start right now. May we be a people that don't get, uh, uh, we don't get fascinated by the type of worship we have. May we not be a people that get fascinated with preaching. But may we be a people that's fascinated with your face, God. I would pray, Lord, that you start to wake our people up in the middle of the night so that they can pray. Even if it's for two minutes, you wake them up, they pray, they fall right back asleep in your arms, God. I would pray, Lord, that the Bible starts to come to life like it never has before, God. I would pray that you give our people a hunger for your Bible. And I say this, that if you have a hard time reading because of learning disabilities, one, ask the Lord to heal you, and two, if he hasn't done that yet, don't say I can't read very well as an excuse start to listen to it just get saturated in it put it on put it on your phone download it begin to listen to the word of God allow it to soak you allow it to permeate your every fiber and all of your being begin to do that Lord would you would you give us a hunger for your word I pray, Lord, instead of, even in my own house, I, I pray we watch less sitcoms and listen to more worship. If you watch a sitcom that's not for guilt or shame or condemnation, I'm just saying the Lord is calling us deeper, church. The Lord is calling us deeper, church. And, and I promise you, we are a holiness church. We're a holiness people. But you cannot be holy without intimacy with Jesus. And so, and you don't even have to concentrate on being holy. I think you need to concentrate on just being a good bride, a good spouse to him. And therefore, he begins to transform you into a holy bride. I'm telling you, I just believe it with all of my heart. Because then I don't have to think about whatever. I just think about him, and those things are inconsequential. So maybe walk in intimacy. Hmm. And the other thing, <laughs> the other thing I thought we needed to pray for was that this, I'm going to make it, we were made for revival. Now, here's, here's, here's the deal. We get, revival by definition is to be brought back from the dead, resuscitated. Now, there's only so many times I can be resuscitated from the dead. We'll begin to transition into renewal day by day by day where the Lord renews us. But because I'm living that way, I bring revival to everything around me. Because you understand that, like, I may, be, I may have been revived, I'm living in revival lifestyle, I'm renewed day by day, but my neighbor may be dead, if you will, right? And they need that revival that I carry. So we were made for it, we were born for it, and, and I make no apologies for it. <laughs> Luke 9 says this, This is amazing to me that, that Jesus' disciples, they had walked with him, and yet they could get it so wrong sometimes. And Jesus, Jesus just slightly corrects them. They say this, When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they saw sin, they saw the condition around and they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire down from heaven to consume them? 
So, I mean, that would be easier, right? It'd be like, God, the city's a mess. Would you just send fire down and obliterate it and just leave us be? Would you, right? Would you take, would you smite everything? Send fire, take care of all the politicians, God? Would you just, would you just do that? And then we'll be okay if you take care of all the mess. And Jesus ever so lovingly says this. <laughs> He's turned to him, rebuked him. You don't know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy lives, but to save them. So we don't want fire that destroys in the sense that it hurts. We want the Lord to send the kind of fire that brings forth transformation. Does that make sense? And so, so Lord, I don't know how else to say And you can pray. You, you can pray your own word. You don't have to listen to me, okay? I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to speak some. Lord, would you send revival fire to our church? Lord, would you send, Lord, would you send it not, not to bring forth destruction, but would you send the kind of fire that sets people alive, God? Lord, would you begin to pour your spirit out, God? We, I believe we were made for revival. We weren't made to get by. We went, were not made just to struggle forth and wait for that one day that, that's going to be that one sweet day of that oh, by and by type of thing, God. You called us to thrive. You called us to live. And I would say, Lord, would you pour yourself out like never before? Would you send a kind of purifying fire, God? that burns away all the chaff, that burns away all the sin, and would you send the kind of fire, God, that, that makes it to where we can't quit talking about your goodness, God. That we can't talk, quit talking about your kindness. That we can't quit talking about your grace. That we can't quit talking about your mercy that you have given each and every one of us, God. I would pray, Lord, that you would pour yourself out this very day, God, so that we could start to see the city and the region saved, Lord. Would you begin to do that, God? Would you begin to pour yourself out so that the, that the kingdoms of this world here in Louisville begin to become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ? Would you do that, God? I'm asking you bring forth, Lord. Would you begin to bring a purification, God? Send the refiner's fire, God. Would you send revival fire? Lord, I, I've, I've read about revival I've read about revival the last 13 years. Even before I was awakened to the things of kingdom, I was obsessed with moves of God. I've read about, I've read about the Welsh revival. I've read about the first great awakening, the second great awakening, the Welsh revival. I've read about Azusa, Lord. I've, I've, read, I've read about the American holiness movement, God. I've, I've read about the Hebrides revival, God. I've, I've, read about, I've read about all the great revivalists. I've read about Leonard Ravenhill and Oral Robert. All these men and women of God that saw you move mightily, Charles Finney, Amy Semper, Simple McPherson. Lord, I've read about all of these great, great moves of God and all these people used mightily. And I thought, Lord, I've seen glimpses of you move. I've seen touches of you move, but I don't think I've ever seen a revival to the degree that they have. And I'm saying, would you do it in this company of people? I'm asking, Lord, that you set our body on fire for you. 
not that we just go to church, but that in you we have every every source of energy, if you will, God. Would you would you oh God? Baptize us in fire. Not just something we sing about, not hyped up emotionalism. I'm asking you to begin to do it, God. I'm saying, those of us that are not kids or teenagers, would you set us on fire so that we can be example for the children and teenagers in our church? I pray you burn away the fear of man. I, yeah, that's it. I pray you burn away the fear of man, God. I pray that you would burn away what any care, what anyone else thinks, Lord. I, I just want to be the one that just runs relentlessly to you and therefore brings forth transformation to the world around me. Not because I'm trying, but because I'm just in love with you, Lord. Would you do that? Oh, man. I don't know what else. Send it, Lord. pray that you would stir up hunger for the things of God. Stir up hunger for the kingdom of God in our body, God. In this church, would you stir up hunger for you? Change our appetites so that we, change our appetites so that we get sick if it's not something from you, Jesus. When we planted River City Hope Church, Michael and I honestly didn't know what we were in for. Um, We just knew. To the very depths of our bone marrow that the Lord was calling us something deeper to a pace that wasn't dictated by religious expectations or strictly rituals 
And this morning, the Lord gave me a word and he said, the past three years, you've become like a tree planted near streams of living water. He said, I desire a church filled with trees, a body of trees that are rooted and the flowers that have left. It's because those flowers weren't ready to produce the fruit your trees are budding with. I've been learning what it's like to become led by his spirit and not by my soul. As I took communion, I got so overwhelmed because in remembrance... When you remember, when you look back even on your own storyline and you remember what he's brought you through, you remember him and then your faith starts rising. I look back on River City Hope and I remember the first time that we opened this place. I am so pregnant with hope and anticipation of what the Lord has for us. Because it's not about us. It's not the Michael and April show. It's about hosting his presence to a degree that when we go out, we are hosting his presence so that other people can get to know who he is. us into so much more. And every time that we take communion, when you're communing with him, Those roots are they're growing even deeper. He's calling us into devotion.
and devotional wonder where only his mysteries can be revealed through intimacy and nearness to him. I'm thankful for all of us trees. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for these seasons of confrontation to the very things that have held me back. what I see is his goodness and his extravagant kindness and his mercy so pray that when you come each Sunday and on Revival Fridays and in our times of prayer Wednesdays and Thursdays, I pray that you're coming because it is Holy Spirit that is drawing you here. It is not any one person, that it is Him. It has to be Him. This church has to be about Him. And we're chasing after the things that ear has not heard and eye has not seen. But I'll tell you what, there will be those that are going to come that are going to be offended when those things come. Because it's not going to meet what they've already seen and what they've already heard. water it down. It is at the detriment of those after us. It's so much more. So almighty Yahweh, we come to you completely and utterly yielded to your will. And each and every time that we take communion, take us back to remembering those lashes that cover every medical ailment. You want more than healing. You want wholeness. And one of the most beautiful things that you created in us is the ability for faith. You didn't make that in 
in my dogs or in any other animal. We don't, those dogs, those animals don't have the ability to have faith, but you created your sons and daughters to have faith. Faith in you. So whatever you want to bring, we don't care how weird it looks. We don't care. We just want you. We want to be cageless. No longer bound by control. No longer defined by what we've seen before. But take us into the unknown, into the unfamiliar, where it's holy and reverent. Take us into a place of the depths of your mystery to where we can't get there by riding on somebody else's coattails. That can only be experienced by way of nearness to you. True communion with you, relationship with you. And when we come together as a body, May it be the overflow of what's going on in our personal relationship with you. Completely authentic. Awaken us. Activate in us. Take us more in you. city be a resting place in Jesus name